Welcome to episode 16 of the Search with Calendar podcast recorded on Sunday the 30th of June 2019. My name is Mark Williams-Cook and today I'm going to be talking all about Google penalties. I'm going to cover a few different types of Google penalties, how Google finds and deals with them and why it might feel like Google's doing nothing about that competitor of yours that's cheating. So this episode was inspired by one of your questions, uh, a chap named Niall O'Gribbon. I think I've got your name right there, Niall. He asked this question. He said, here's one for you, sir. How does one really get Google to banhammer a site in SERPs which relies 99% on spammy tactics, site-wide paid links, etc.? when reporting them and Google's quote-unquote AI algorithms do nothing to solve the issue. I thought this was a really good question and we've probably all been in that situation where we've seen a competitor is obviously doing things against Google guidelines but they're still ranking really well. I thought the whole subject of Google penalties was worth exploring and just taking a few steps back to talk about them more generally as it is quite a misunderstood area of SEO. Types of Google penalty, I think, is a really good place to start. And there's an important difference from the outset between a Google algorithm update and a penalty. So previously, we've had well-publicized, well-written about Google algorithm updates that we've understood what they were targeting. So we had the Panda update, which was really going after sites with uh, what Google was referring to as thin or low quality content. We had the Penguin updates, which were focused around link profiles and people with spammy link profiles. And of course, we had the recent, as it was just called, June Core update, uh, where we saw the, the Daily Mail lose around half its search traffic. And it's really important to understand the difference between an algorithm and a penalty. So if you experience, like the Daily Mail did, this drop in traffic after a major Google algorithm update, this is not the same thing as a Google penalty. So <laughs> philosophically it might be in that, you know, a Google algorithm update is saying, look, we've just adjusted how we are measuring against our guidelines, which is, you know, you need to produce good content, the site needs to have a good user experience, link to, etc., etc. So this is why Google put out the advice saying, if you do experience a large drop in ranking after an algorithm update, it's unlikely that there's going to be just one easy basic thing for you to fix. What's actually happening is they've said, okay, our algorithm now we feel better describes what we're trying to produce in the search results and as it happens we were misclassifying your site we were giving you way more credit than actually you deserved so all that's happening is other sites that we now believe to be better are taking their rightful place whereas a penalty is 
something specific, uh, you will normally get a message. We will get a message through the Google Search Console, the thing that used to be called Webmaster Tools, which will explain the type of penalty you've got and you have a chance to interact with Google. So they're specifically saying, for this reason, we are penalizing your website. And there's lots of different types of penalties. Uh, they range from your site being suppressed in Google because it's been hacked. So to protect users, Google's maybe completely indexed part of all of your site. And that ranges all the way across to things you've obviously intentionally done, whether it's buying links or just producing kind of spam content. And they're kind of the, the things I wanna cover in this show. The penalty process is where I want to start, which is how do penalties happen? And if you haven't seen it, Google does actually have a, a form which is called report spam, paid links or malware. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk. And this is a form where Google's actually asking you to submit things that you think are spam, paid links or malware. And it's quite interesting reading their descriptions as it gives you an idea of how they handle each of these different types of thing they don't want in their search results. So they say, if the site's spam, tell us about it. Google takes spam extremely seriously and investigates reported instances. These reports are submitted directly to our web spam team and are used to devise scalable solutions to fight spam. And we'll come on to how Google does these reviews later. Uh, for paid links, they say buying or selling links that pass page rank can dilute the quality of search results. Participating in link schemes violates the Google Webmaster guidelines and can negatively impact a site's ranking in search results. If you believe a site is engaged in buying or selling links that pass page rank, please tell us about it. And you'll notice there they specifically don't mention about devising scalable solutions there, and I'll get some more detail on that in a moment. And lastly, they, they, they have um, malware, which they say, if you believe a site is infected with malware or malicious software, please report it to us so we can take action as necessary. And I did ask John Mueller if he could clarify this. So I asked him, are all penalties manual actions, i.e. they require a human at some point in the process to say, yes, apply a search penalty, or are there algorithmic systems that will apply a search penalty with no human interaction? And John kindly came back and said, some of the security issues which map to these as well do have a large automatic component. Recall and check if it's okay. That makes them much faster to be processed. And we've got some other information from Googlers in a moment, but my general understanding of this is that for spam, which we'll classify later as essentially how you're handling the content on your site, Google does appear to have a lot of algorithmic ways to deal with this and apply penalties. For paid links, everyone I've spoken to, all the information I can get from Google, all the experience I've had from clients coming to us with sites um, that they need to have penalties removed from sites I've run that 
have had penalties and from sites I've run that should have had penalties and never got them is that there definitely seems to be this manual human review before a penalty is applied. And very kindly, when I was discussing this with John, Barry Schwartz kindly posted me a link to an interview he had on a Search Engine Roundtable, where he interviewed a former Google spam fighter, Murat Yatagan, and he spoke to him specifically about Google's automated and manual review methods for, for how they deal with spam. And this is what he said. As I mentioned, people collaborating on team member. So what we're doing is my first try to identify what are the patterns of spam. And let's say, as an example, having too much repeated keywords in URLs and those keywords at the same time in descriptions, in the snippets, in the other parts of above the fold of a page. And that gives you a hint that there's something going on here with the site. It is some shady usage of the pages. It shouldn't be like this. So, and then you start thinking about what we're going to serve the user and you need to be in the shoes of Google. So I was trained very hard to understand to create unbiased decision for a page for a website. And after a while, you need to gain some trust from the other team members. And after you get that trust, your actions are automatically applied to manual penalties. So of course, we're taking one by one penalties. Scaling up part was the most significant part of it. Otherwise mentioned, it will be a one by one drop. So you're always going to be much slower than the spammers. And in the end, if I create some guides, okay, these are the patterns of spam. So spam can have this element, this element, and everybody implying those elements to the big data and trying to be integrated into the search algorithms. In short, Barry surmises, it seems like Google does use automated methods to locate a lot of spam, but this is manually reviewed by many Googlers before the manual actions go out. And this manual work is done to analyze the data to ensure that there are very few to zero false positives out there. And I think the really two important takeaways from what Murat is saying is firstly, the to begin with, the Googlers who are applying these manual actions, it seems that several people need to review it. And after they're more experienced, a single Googler can apply a manual action to a site. He also specifically spoke about trying to push up this data to the search engineer team for this is how we're identifying spam to see if they can get a more scalable algorithmic solution to getting closer to identifying this from a machine perspective. So rather than having to rely on humans to do it. And that's really important because I think the key thing here is that it's always going to be economically cheaper, time cheaper, cost cheaper for spammers to create spam and bad link profiles than it is for someone to find and verify that it is spam. So it's 
for every 10 minutes you create spam, it's going to take someone, you know, three times that to track it down and eliminate it and make sure there's as little collateral damage as possible as possible. Types of Google penalty is something I want to cover as well. And before I get into this, I want to talk about quote unquote duplicate content penalties or more really that duplicate content penalties aren't really a thing in at least the context I come across them a lot with clients. And that's over many years, I had lots of people really worried that their site's going to get a duplicate content penalty either because they've got the same content on multiple URLs on their site or they're worried their site's going to get a penalty because they've copied a single page from a press release site and that's also on their site or a competitor's copied a few pages of their site so they're worried Google might think they're copying content so they're going to get a penalty and in 99.9 times out of 100 this isn't a thing what will happen is if Google identifies the same content, it's just going to serve one of those pages in the search result. So if you've got 10 pages that are identical on different websites, Google's going to do its best to work out who was the original canonical source for that content and show that in the search results. And all it will do is filter out the other ones on the logic that if the content that they're ranking, you know, number one or two or whatever, isn't any good, there's no point ranking it multiple times in the same search result page. So there's nothing to worry about in terms of that. There's a slightly longer discussion if you're particularly being targeted, as there are methods that black cats can use to basically take your content and try and trick Google into thinking that they were the creators of it. But that's that's by far and away a rare instance you know in the in the context that most people are thinking about duplicate content penalties it's it's not something you have to worry about so the types of penalties we do see by far the most common is unnatural links to your site which is a penalty you'll get that's the name of the penalty you'll get in Google search console and this is really because you've broken Google's webmaster guidelines when it comes to acquiring links and there's been some really interesting discussions about this recently so I'll link to a Google webmaster hangout and the specific time in that hangout where John Mueller was explaining how Google is recognizing patterns of black hat SEO including what I think is slightly more advanced um, PBN which is private blog network kind of activity where you've got people buying expired domains and then looking on things like the Wayback Machine, archive.org, to see what the old content on that domain was. They'll restore that old content and then start inserting links back to themselves on a, on a large scale. And John was talking about how Google's working to recognize that and where they see it happening on this big scale to, to apply penalties um, to that. Now, everyone knows links do help in terms of SEO, so it's quite a lucrative area and buying and selling links is still not uncommon the difficulty if you see your competitor doing this is that this is one of those things google has to identify 
really who's doing this um, because anyone could buy links to your website and certainly I've seen people try and do what they would call negative SEO attacks which is where they buy a whole load of really low quality maybe hacked or spam links and point them at a competitor site and then they'll report them and obviously Google needs to be very careful that they don't create a situation whereby it's economically more viable to put resource into disrupting your competitors rankings rather than improving your own site and improving your own rankings so unnatural links to your site is is one of the more common um, penalties just because links are sometimes the hardest thing to get the hardest thing to do in terms of SEO but it's also one that can be difficult to try and get Google to to action on on your behalf if you see someone doing it pure spam is another interesting um, penalty and unlike the other types of penalty you can get this one is normally fastidiously enacted and quickly enacted because the webmaster can't plead ignorance or or say it was someone else because this is content on their site so pure spam is when the webmaster's been doing things like just generating content for instance so they're just using algorithms to automatically generate content or they're just scraping content or maybe um, they're showing some okay content to the user but cloaking which means showing different content to the to the search engines to try and get rankings so all of these things are really intentional so this is why as Murat discussed earlier Google can find ways which are more reliable to algorithmically detect what's going on here because the there's not this big range of uncertainty and if you do see uh, competitors doing techniques like this it's a lot easier to get Google to take action through filling out that that form thin content with little or no added value this is a particularly interested one interesting one because this isn't about spam so this is Google saying low quality or shallow pages uh, will trigger this penalty so they give examples like low quality content such as guest posts so if you're just getting farming out lots of content opportunities to your site to non-experts just to try and target key phrases or doorway pages which might be if you're running an SEO agency and you're based in London but you create another hundred pages that say SEO agency in Manchester, SEO agency in Leicester, SEO agency in Leeds etc etc you don't actually you're not actually in those locations you're just trying to create a low quality page to catch those to catch those searches the other thing which I think is really interesting and it hit affiliates quite hard when we had the panda update was that Google includes things like OEM content so original equipment manufacturer content so if you're reselling or you're trying to you're, you're an affiliate of someone and you're trying to sell their products it wasn't uncommon for them to provide you with a feed of their products which will say here's our product title here's the description here's the technical specification here's the reviews and you could take that that feed and populate your site with it but the logic then was well hang on if this content already exists 
on the merchant site, what value are you adding as an affiliate? If you're essentially just republishing this content, the only reason you're republishing this is to try and get your commission. You're not actually adding any extra value over and above the the original the, the original merchant. So there were there's there's some examples, and which is why I think this particular penalty is interesting, whereby perhaps the webmaster wasn't intentionally sort of trying to dupe Google. They were just trying to do things in an efficient way and not particularly thinking so much about the end user and what value what value they're adding. So I think those are the three most common types of penalties I've seen. There are some other less severe penalties. So I've seen uh, I've seen things like schema abuse triggering triggering penalties, which is maybe where you've marked up a web page sometimes by accident, and you've added schema that describes information that isn't on the page or is different to the page, and the, rather than just kind of getting your site de-indexed or a, a massive chunk of it banned, what's happened there is Google just disables and removes your ability to show kind of rich results within the search pages until you you fix that. But those are the three main types of penalty that you'll see. How do you go about getting back after you've had a Google penalty? This is a really interesting question because it it really depends. I hate to say that because that's the answer to so many SEO questions. And I think something really interesting to think about is that remember Google's focusing on trying to give the user the best possible experience. So this by definition means that a lot of really, really big brands have a get out of jail free card when it comes to Google penalties. Because if you're searching, if you're in the UK and you're searching for cheap flights somewhere, there are brands that you expect to be in those search results. So you, you're going to expect to see someone like Ryanair, you're going to expect to see someone like EasyJet in those search results. So if a company like that did some black hat SEO or they bought loads of links and they got caught, what tends to happen and what we've seen happen historically is that Google will apply them a penalty and it might be for some days or a week or so and obviously for you know these huge brands driving huge volume this will be very painful for them and it will cost a lot of money but they will go back in and they will go in back in fairly quickly they'll be at the front of the queue and that's because those users expect those brands to be there and the search result is just not the same quality if they're not there. This unfortunately isn't true for most companies, for most SMEs, for most websites. You're all fighting for um, some space in the search result and if you do get banned, people in general probably aren't going to be that bothered, which means you tend to be nearer the back of the queue. If you do get one of these penalties, as I said, you'll get a notification, you'll get a message through Google Search Console, which if you don't have, you absolutely should have. It's your kind of diagnostic 
free platform to get information back from Google about how your site's ranking and any kind of diagnostic issues, problems, and certainly messages when you get manual actions. So you'll get a um, notification saying you've had a manual action on your site. It will describe and give some examples of the type of thing you're doing wrong. And you have to go through then what's called a reconsideration request, which is basically you have to clean up the mess you've made to the best of your ability and send a very apologetic note back to Google explaining what happened, what you've done to clear it up and why it's not going to happen again. So for instance, if you were caught buying links, you would have to try and manually contact those sites to remove the links or failing that, if you can't do it, you would need to use the Google disavow tool to remove them and try and include as much proof as this as possible and send it back to the re-inclusion team who will then review it within anywhere between one to several weeks and obviously that can be a very damaging amount of time not to rank for people if you were ranking quite well previously um, and then obviously hopefully you'll get re-included and you know they're keeping a record of this so if you're getting three penalties in a year or something there's a good chance they're just not going to let you back in at all. So swimming, we swing all the way back round to Nar's original question around why is it basically that he can see competitors are doing stuff that he knows is black hat, so they're buying links, whatever, and he can't seem to get Google to take action. It's We've got to take into context what type of thing we're seeing people do here. So some of you very kindly sent me some very clear examples because I asked around of if you've had success with filling out the um, the Google spam report form and seeing competitors being penalized for this and a few of you kindly sent me some quite clear examples where you'd reported competitors for buying links on scale and within a couple of weeks they had been penalized. Um, I'm not going to share those examples uh, because nobody likes snitches and I haven't asked if I can share their names, so I won't. So it's worth filling out, you know, if that's something you want to do, I do think it's worth as the kind of first thing just to fill out that form to to provide the evidence that you can, that um, something's happening. Um, and there's a few things here I, I think is just worth bearing in mind. Firstly, there are certain types of thing that Google would prefer to tackle algorithmically rather than on a one-by-one -one basis. So this might be one of the reasons you're finding that your reports aren't being actioned. It's that they're being received and Google saying, okay, well, yeah, we've got, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100, 1,000 sites that match this kind of profile. So we can't just keep manually trying to find them all and review them all, we're going to try and strengthen our algorithmic method to identify these sites. So it may be that they're using this data just to build a more robust algorithm. The second thing is, from my experience, is that things tend to get action more quickly where it's a clear case. The Black Hat SEO is quote-unquote harming the end user. Take, for instance, the pure spam example. This result 
is terrible for users and it makes Google look bad, it's likely that action will be taken against um, Black Hat SEO like this because if someone does a Google search and they just end up with gibberish automated content, that's very unhelpful for them. Google can see that and it's a clear cut thing that they can penalize. If we skip back to when we talked about reporting things like paid links that Niall said, that's quite common, but it's very likely to be a much lower priority for Google for a couple of reasons. Firstly, even with paid links, the content may be good. It may be the best content out there for users. So Google's not gonna be perhaps mega keen to remove it. It may be better for Google just to try and ignore links that they believe are manipulative. So building a better, more robust algorithm to look at the link graph and rather than penalize sites, just to ignore and not pass benefit for links they think are spammy. And the other reason that's an advantageous strategy is that it's difficult for Google, even with a manual review, to prove that those links are an intentional product of the webmaster. It's, you know, it's not unheard of, as we said, for webmasters to try and damage other sites' rankings by buying them low-quality links and then reporting them. So Google needs to be really careful about how it processes these penalties, otherwise they can make it too easy to do negative SEO and it becomes economically viable to focus resource on damage, com damaging competitor sites rather than improving your own. So there's a whole mix of reasons if you report paid links to Google as to why um, they might not be actioned quickly or at all. Now, Niall did specifically say in my answer he didn't want me to give the answer of just spamming John Mueller at Google when you find a competitor um, doing something like this. But the, from the cases we've seen, the high profile cases, the ones that get talked about publicly, are the ones that leave kind of egg on Google's face and they do tend to get actioned. And from talking to other SEOs and about their experience um, when they've seen competitors do really obvious things, it does just help if you do have someone at Google or you use one of their content and um, one of the contacts that's publicly available just to say, hey, look, can you have a look at this? What do you think about this? Not necessarily even going to them, you know, saying like, look at this, this is terrible. Just asking their opinion and, you know, you can start a discussion around how Google might look at tackling that. So there are a couple of different avenues you can take, um, but it's certainly not um, guaranteed that you'll ever be able to get Google to, as Niall puts it, use the ban hammer on sites that um, you think aren't playing by the rules, unfortunately. And that's all I've got time for today. It's already been over half an hour, so I'll be back on Monday the 8th of July. And of course, you can get all of the links uh, of the stuff I've talked about today at the uh, site on search.withcanda.co.uk so you'll find a full transcription of this podcast and links to everything I've spoken about. Until then, I hope you have a great week and I hope you found it interesting learning a bit more about Google penalties.